everybody. Welcome to another grand and glorious day in the best little city in America. This is the Patrick Lally Show Revisited, our podcast recorded live at the Full Circle Book Co-op here in beautiful downtown Sioux Falls. We're at 123 West 10th Street in what is the finest uh, the Full Circle Book Co-op, which is, uh, the, is for my money, for my money, people, is the, is the, the, the finest uh, uh, conservative, communist, left-leaning, libertarian <laughs> bookshop and cafe in Sioux Falls, for sure, and maybe the upper Midwest. No, my fine, fine friends here, uh, Sean and uh, Jason at the Book Co-op, were kind enough to let us uh, record our podcast for uh, as we lead into public input for each city council meeting and um, I'm, I, of course, I'm bringing the podcast back. I uh, had a podcast for a long time, uh, daily, weekdays, as part of my radio show, my short-lived and uh, semi-beloved uh, radio uh, career. And uh, thank you. The crowd is, they, thank you. And the crowd's going crazy. Um, but we'll be here. Uh, I, here's, here's my plan for the podcast, people, okay, is that uh, it's going to be basically my radio show, only you can swear. Yo, there, see, there you go. Uh, I don't, you know, you can swear, but you probably shouldn't. There'll be limited, limited cursing. You know, I'm, I'm not, I won't say that there won't, it won't be off color, but in terms of like things that your children can't hear, that kind of thing, you know, there might, okay, it might happen. Okay, I can't guarantee it's not going to happen, but who, nobody has their kids listening to their podcasts anyway. So that's the beauty of podcasting. First of all, no commercials, except for the Full Circle Book Co-op. The uh, and I got it. I'm working. I'm still working. I'm still working on my my. You know, I'm I'm a little out of practice. In the old days, I would have been able to just rip through the finest conservative, communist, left-leaning, libertarian bookshop and cafe in downtown Sioux Falls. See, I'm working on it. I'm working on it, people. Work with me here. So for our first edition, as I said, it's going to be uh, a lot like the radio show, okay, in that there's going to be uh, local music and there's going to be uh, local politics, which is huge, uh, and also just stuff going on in the town, stuff that's interesting to me, uh, whether that's concerts or uh, biking, cycling, transportation, uh, sustainability. These are still going to be issues, people, but I'm going to try and keep it lively. Um, and, you know, it's not going to be just me just droning on for an hour, which I can do. I can do. But I'm not going to because I love you people too much. And I'm, I'm happy. See, I'm happy. Big, big applause from the crowd there. Um, so uh, I'm going to tell you, for our first show here today, I'm very, very happy that we're going to have on the show uh, Ike Anderson, who is uh, the owner with his wife, Cricket of the Bonus Round Bar, which is opening up right next door, as it turns out, to Full Circle Book Co-op uh, on West 10th Street in beautiful downtown Sioux Falls. They are up there uh, before the city council this evening to get their beer and wine license, and uh, we're very happy that they're opening because those guys are just cool. So you're going to hear from Ike um, and uh, his people in this show. And uh, city councilor Greg Neitzert is hoping to join us, planning to join us, is scheduled to join us, is right now... Uh, as we're taping this uh, live at the Full Circle Book Co-op, in uh, it's still, thank you, thank you, still in the informational. So, but he will be on. It's there's a big, big cheer from the back. There it is. Um, we're getting that all on the ambient room mic. Uh, that's great. Awesome. Yes, it's good stuff. So, 
Uh, Greg Knightser will be here, and uh, I'm sure we're going to talk a little bit about cycling with Greg because he is a recent uh, member, uh, newest member to the uh, Falls Area Bicycling Organization. So we're very happy about that. So that is going to be our show today. And again, uh, come on back. I'm, I'm going to work in. At some point, I'll have weird friends here. Uh, one of my weird friends is here. Uh, and uh, actually, a uh, little known fact, the, the producer, the creator, and uh, 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 well, producer, let's call it producer of uh, Boon Man Got Run Over by a Reindeer is actually in the room. In the room. We might have to bring that back. Whoa! It's true. So at some point, I know I'll get the Boon Man in. Uh, at some point, I'll get the Buffalo Maiden in when she's in town. Um, uh, we'll see if we can't get Hudson. See if we can get Hudson out of a house. But I, I you know, I'm not, I don't want to do phoners, right? Phoners, uh, when you're daily, you got to do phoners. But I'm going to do phoners for this. This is going to be straight up live podcasting. So, Kelby? Kelby? Think, Kelby. You know, who? Ooh, oh, Noby. Yeah. That mother scratcher. Maybe. No, he'll come back. He'll come down. We'll get Noby in. That'd be great. So I'm going to pull from my vast uh, 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 resources and uh, of strange people to come in for the show. But we're going to be here on Tuesdays before city council meetings for sure. I, I, have, a, I have like one conflict, but we'll make it work. And uh, we'll, we'll continue the spirit of public input, which uh, we started at Club David with public input. And I don't know if you remember this, people. Uh, this uh, sort of MST3K approach to watching city council meetings. We have a gas. I have a, just a gas watching city council. Got your city council bingo, all right? And uh, just sort of a general running commentary and exchange. It's a free exchange of ideas, really, about city politics, city events, things that are going on, beer. Uh, 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 apparently, uh, uh, the uh, U.S. women's soccer team uh, won a little match today. We're doing this today. We've got some members of the uh, American Outlaws here with us today who uh, are a bit over the moon about that. Ma'am, were you actually uh, at the Gateway for the event? Oh, yeah. Not that we're plugging competitors, but the Gateway, which hold, Gateway Lounge, which hosts the American Outlaws for most events. Was, yes. it, was it juiced over there? Was it good? Oh, seriously. Yeah, yeah so it was good atmosphere. Uh, did, you, uh, uh, did you have a, co co a few cocktails? Maybe, just a little, just a little, because it's the American Outlaws. So we support that, right? We support, uh, we're, we're, patriots, we're patriots, not nationalists here at the Full Circle Book Co-op. So there you go. That's your, that's your phrase. Thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, as I said, we've got Ike Anderson with us from uh, the uh, Bonus Round Bar and Greg Neitzert, City Councilor. Uh, we're going to have a great time. I uh, hope you listen to the show. Send me an email. You can always email me, patrick.l.lally at gmail.com. Follow us on Facebook. Um, uh, you can follow me on Facebook, Patrick Lally. Go to North End Productions. Go to Full Circle Book Co-op. Just, you know, hook into it, man. Get, get into it. Share it. Come on down. We get started around 5-ish, just hanging out, having, having a cocktail, and uh, having something to eat here at the Full Circle Book Co-op. We'll be right back with Ike Anderson after this short message for the Full Circle Book Co-op. I've been so goddamn frivolous This here song here minds the spot And I laugh in their faces You know goddamn well I've been laughing a lot And I have no respect for the governor And no respect for the president And I throw my arms to the sky For the money that I spend Ooh. 
opinion than everybody has from all the time That doesn't mean they know anything about it at all Come and lay down beside me now, I'm feeling pretty good There's a new sense of adjustment Welcome back to the first Patrick Lally show after my long hiatus from the world of radio. And uh, I'm very happy that on my first show here, my first podcast, I have as my first guest Isaac Anderson. He is the owner of Bonus Round with his wife, uh, and what's her name? I'm sorry. Uh, Cricket. Cricket. Isaac and uh, Cricket, Ike and Cricket. That's good. Anderson. And uh, and the reason I got uh, Ike here today is because we are here, of course, at the Full Circle uh, Book Co-op in beautiful downtown Sioux Falls. And uh, Ike is opening up next door the Bonus Round 2, which I think people are pretty excited about, Ike. Congratulations. Thank you. So, uh, bonus round one is over on Cliff Avenue. Correct. And how long have you been open over there? Uh, we're coming up on five years in September. Five years. Uh, that's a long time to be in the uh, bar business. Did you? Uh, what did you do before this, and why did you want to get into a, a bar that is, we'll get into this in a minute, basically a, a, a playroom? Yeah. Um, well, I did a lot of different stuff, a lot of manual labor, construction, handyman stuff. Um, I was also... Pretty active in the music scene, which is a part of the bar scene. Um, and it wasn't until we went to an arcade bar in Boulder, Colorado, and uh, had had a blast. Stayed and went again the next day. Um, and on the way back, ten-hour drive, we we're just discussing the idea of what that was and and how it would go over in Sioux Falls. Uh, my wife's actually she was more of a nerd about the arcade than I am, mm-hmm. but once we started talking about, you know, opening a arcade bar, then I was like, well, I know I can get my friends to buy beer down there, <laughs> and then all my friends are gamers, well, so, you know, it was kind of a no-brainer, um, and uh, yeah, so once we started talking about it, I started looking at commercial real estate for the first time in my life, just out of curiosity, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, 14 months and a week from that conversation we were open. So what I always liked about your place, we'll get into the, the, the nuance mm-hmm. of it, the ambiance of it in here in a minute, but it was, it, it's a funky building, mm-hmm. right? So did you buy that building then? Nope, nope, we okay. lease it. It's a, it, you, it was like a casino for, for more yep. like a micro casino for yeah, a long time. It was for a while, and uh, some people debate on the previous history before that um i know that it was a like a asian restaurant for a while yeah i've heard it was a chicken joint uh which i would also believe based on how much grease was in the <laughs> ceiling and the walls when we moved in um some people claim that it was a burger time but i don't think un- it was ever a burger time i think see that's what i mean no there's no it was not a burger time well so you there's a myth behind the building uh, that's pretty bit. cool yep. so you opened up there and it's like a it's a bar for people who want to play video games and uh, pinball, yep. but it's a it, it's more than it's not like an arcade so much either. Uh, not anymore. Uh, when we first opened, we only had three pinball, and the rest was arcades. That as they broke down or we got something new, we would shuffle out mm-hmm. and um, and also in anticipation of expanding, we were buying up machines, so kind and kind of stockpiling them. Um, but as Luck would have it. It took us this long to find a second location, and you know we've evolved to pretty much just pinball right now. 
Oh, really? In, yep. the, in, in the old place? Yeah, I, you know, now you say that last time I was in mm-hmm. there, there were a lot more pinball machines. Yep. You still have a couch. Uh, <laughs> not at the moment, but I've been thinking about that for over here. So <laughs> you need to, we, yep. we switch up the scenery in there pretty often. Yep. Um, you yep. also have a lot of events outside. Yep, outside and, and believe it or not, inside. We, That's hard we, to believe. It, it is, you know. Um, it's the, the whole building's only 1,000 square foot, but uh, the usable space is much less than that. We, we've learned to work by the square inch. So. <laughs> That's good. So you, um, you said earlier that you knew that your friends would come and drink beer and play and uh, game. Um, but it's, it's become more than that. It's a, it's a hangout for people who are uh, of like mind, correct? Yep, um, of like mind, and, and it's also, you know, the, the neighborhood bar. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, fairly residential area, and there's no other bars on that strip. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, because we should say it's on Cliff Avenue, about 16th Street? Approximately, yeah. yeah. Uh, Prospect is the cross street. Right, and so it's, yeah, there's not a lot over there. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, I think uh, besides casinos, yes, and a very, a very uh, prestigious uh, local blogger, mm-hmm. I think, lives right in the neighborhood. Oh, yeah. Who shall yeah. remain nameless? Uh, yeah. 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 So we'll leave him out of this discussion. <laughs> uh, I'm sure he'll show up at some point. Um, Scott, if you're out there, you know, stop by, buddy. Uh, well, that's right. It's not live. <laughs> Dang it. Um, so you uh, you're up and running over there, and you, you always want to have a second location. So you're opening up. Uh, bonus round two, mm-hmm. uh, right here on on Tenth Street where we are, mm-hmm. next door mm-hmm. to Full Circle Book Co-op. Mm-hmm. Uh, in uh, it, it's uh, what was it before? It's been uh, uh, it was cutie store. cakes, yeah, 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 a couple of different things. Um, the game chest. Oh, the game the chest. Game chest was there yep. for that's right during that's the holiday season. Yeah. So uh, you found this place. Mm-hmm. Um, what's it? Uh, t- you must be very excited. You're, you're sort of coming in at the right time in this, even in this block when you get done right. with micro sort of development. Um, yeah, it's going to be a cool spot for you. I think so. Um, I mean, I know so. We, we're uh, making a lot of improvements over there. Um, I mean, I've even I even looked at this spot mm-hmm. uh, before it was Hydra and before it was Book Co-op. Um, so I've you know I, I, I like the area and I think moving a little off Phillips is is becoming a thing. Yeah. Um, well, and if you think about it, because you've got the uh, axe throwing joint next mm-hmm. door here, and paves across the street, mm-hmm. and you know the diner and, and everything else that's going on there, mm-hmm. Coffea, and then around the corner, you know Parker's, uh, you know it's it's really expanded the downtown area. Absolutely. But you're in this kind of transition zone of there's three storefronts here and mm-hmm. it's axe throwing. Uh, full Circle Book Co-op, which is your, uh, you know, uh, I like to call it the conservative communist uh, left-leaning <laughs> liberal or left-leaning libertarian uh, bookstore and co-op and uh, cafe. And then uh, you guys, yep. gamers and, and beer dudes. Mm-hmm. So that's a that's quite a, a threesome. It's a, it's a good mix. Um, looking forward to working with the other businesses and and hopefully, you know, collaborating on something where it's worth going to all three. You know, in, yeah, in one go. Well, why wouldn't you? Throw an axe. No, what you probably do is you come here, <laughs> you read a book, you get centered, right? You find some Nietzsche or something in the in the stacks, and you you, you find your 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 center, your core. Mm-hmm. Then you go take out some aggression on the the axe throwing, and you just split wood over there, and then you wander up and you just immerse well, yourself in gaming. You might want to 
Take out your aggression throwing axes after you lose at pinball. <laughs> That's right. Do you have Adam's family, by the way? We do. Adam's family, now, uh, many, many years ago, when I was uh, back when I was a journalist and writer, back in the Tempest days, I wrote a story. And even back in the mid-90s, Adam's family was the single most popular pinball machine of all time. Uh, to this day, it's still the most produced pinball machine. Isn't that crazy? Mm-hmm. Why is that? Uh, well, once they realized how much money it was making on location, mm-hmm. they just kept pumping them out. I have a buddy that has conti- one in his continues to make money, yep. It's, uh, it really is, when you, you can get obsessed with Adam's family. We, I mean, we've seen it. it. <laughs> <laughs> well, it just keeps, there's another challenge. And another, it's sort of like a lot of video games, right? Where it doesn't matter how good you get, there's, there's still You still you. die at the end. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's right. <laughs> Just a matter of time. Uh, it's cool. So, um, you know, I was just, let's talk a little bit about uh, video game culture. So, I'm a man of a certain age, <coughs> and uh, so my world was, when I was a kid, after the pinball thing, was uh, Asteroids, and then, you know, Donkey Kong, and uh, Galaga, and uh, the, the, the Centipede, right? <laughs> so, uh, Pac-Man. I was up in um, the Twin Cities recently and at the uh, Minnesota whatever museum, science museum, I can't now look at science, whatever museum it is, they've got this entire uh, uh, display and it's filled with every, like the history of video games, Mm. right? From the earliest to the most uh, advanced uh, PlayStation, Xbox decks, right? And it really is amazing. But you know what was weird about it, and probably because it's old people that go to these things, it was the hardest to get to Donkey Kong, Mm -hmm. Galaga, Asteroids. Um, Do those kinds of games still have appeal in this world? Um, Certainly they do. Um, It's people want to... Some people want to play them, and they'll sit there for hours. Some people simply just want to see them and be surrounded by them more than they want to play it. They might put yeah. it in one quarter. Because I, I can tell you this, uh, there's a number of those games that people will come and say, oh, if you had this, yeah. I would be in here every day. And that is not true. <laughs> Except uh, for, like, maybe 1% of them. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have the same buddy who has an Adams Family machine in his basement, has a video game that looks like an old Phoenix machine, which was one of the greatest video games of all time mm-hmm. but it has a chip in it right with uh, hundreds yep. of those old games in it do you have something like that we do uh we've had a couple of machines in that are called multi-cades um and we have one that's built into the wall actually that's uh 39 classics uh just simple joystick couple buttons and See, that's uh, a gas yeah that's fun there's there's a couple of games on there that i really enjoy that i never played before we had it in the wall. Oh, really? There and um, so tell me, then, where did you? Wh- what's your entry? What's your? Where's your life portal into the world of, of gaming and video games? And how did you end up being uh, Isaac? Ike, <laughs> Ike, the guy um, who owns Bonus Round. For me, it was uh, just kind of I wasn't not always very good at saying no. <laughs> so, uh, I, I really had no background in actual arcades, um, 
other than I can, I'm capable of moving large objects with a cart. So I, I was like, I just need them working. I'll put them in place and turn them on. Um, and then, you know, over the years, I've, I've learned about which, which games mean what to who, uh, you know, and their values. And, I mean, there's a lot of stuff out there for sale. Some of it's a good deal. Some of it's uh, four times the price that right. it's supposed to be. And, uh, uh, you know, for me, it, I just kind of listen to who comes in to play. Yeah. You know, um, if, if there's enough demand for a certain game, I seek it out. Yeah, that's pretty cool. So can you fix them? Um, I have fixed a lot. Uh, there's this thing called the Ike main fix. And uh, that's, you know, that's your zip ties and sure. paper clips and duct tape and, sure. and who well, knows what else. But That's uh, the beauty of a pinball machine, right? And I'm pretty good at soldering. If um, I don't do a lot of board work and I don't uh, fix monitors for fear of getting zapped. So you still got to bring some people in to take care of that for you? Yeah, or just sell it broken. <laughs> uh, we beat this one to death. You can yeah, have it now. Yeah, it's your problem now. I suppose there are people out there who just that's yeah, what they do. It's obvious. Yeah. yeah, and and they're not they're typically not for hire. You know. Sure, they'll sell it back to you when they're sure, done. Sure. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Oh, in, yeah. Um, I should mention uh, we have you brought a compatriot here. Your, mm-hmm. your general manager, Alan Jacobson. Jacobson, yes, Alan, yes, yes. Say say hi to the people's Alan. Oh hi. There you heard from Alan, uh, and so Alan's going to be hanging out over there with you as well, yep. putting in the hours, right? Yep. Um, are you? Uh, I, this is a stupid question. I should know this. You're open. Yes. No. You don't. No. Have, you're going to city council tonight. So we're going to city council tonight to get approved for our beer and wine license. Um, it should be, that's a that's a rubber stamp situation, right? You grease yeah. the skids on that one. Yeah, uh, pretty much. I mean, I've already paid for it, Good. and uh, last last time we did this, it, there was no problems. Yeah. Well, now you have a you know you have a stellar reputation, as right? An upstanding businessman. Yeah. Yep. Right. Yeah. So just don't scare them. I think so. Yeah, that's why I wore a button up. Exactly. Oh, cool. Uh, Well, good luck on that. Uh, Tonight's a big night. So then when's the opening date? Uh, No set date. Um, Perfect. After we get uh, approved, it takes, they say, a week to 10 days to get the actual physical license back from Pier. Yep. And then after that, I just got to have everything inspected and uh, we'll open those doors and start slinging beer. This place is a lot bigger than the other place. It's actually not a lot bigger. It's only 200 square feet more, but it has a basement for wow. my utilities, um, and it has taller ceilings, which give it gives it that effect. Sure. It's better dimensions as far as it's you know rectangular mm-hmm. opposed to you know kind of the square deal we got going on at, at the other spot. So there's a lot more usable space, and it's going to feel bigger, and I get to arrange it in a. Uh, better feng shui. Yeah, yeah you got to have good feng shui. Or feng shui. Not make it. Did I say that right? Yeah, yeah, I think you did. If it's not, I'll take it out. All right. Yeah, um, the, uh, uh, so what else can... It's a it's an arcade, essentially, yep. but yep. it's more than that. What else are you, what are you giving the people? Um, so we're, we're giving them a, well, a great selection of the latest and localist beer um latest and localist yeah like only, I, only beers from a uh, 500 square yards of the spot right <laughs> well Which there you are know there is a, yeah there's a few um definitely all the immediate breweries will have all of their beer um well not all of their beer but something something to offer from you, each of them solicited from the local and 
Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Alan, Alan's the expert. I mean, I've, I've been working with everyone in the local beer scene, and, and for the for at least the first month we're open downtown, the entire focus will be on local beer. Um, so, you know, I've already contacted everyone that's already extant in town, including Obscure, who hasn't released anything as of yet. But we'll have, you know, stuff from Woodgrain, uh, Covert, uh, Ferdson, Remedy, anyone that's that's making beer in Sioux Falls or, you know, uh, and we'll also have Homestead, even though they're technically in Valley Springs, but uh, all of the local beers will be represented when we open up at least. Valley Springs is in the metro. That counts. Okay. You'll be all right there. So it's like a it's like a local uh, brewing clearinghouse. Yeah. <laughs> like if you don't want, I don't want to spend time walking to all the places. I'm just going to go to Bonus Run yeah. and get them all. Yeah. That's perfect. That's a great idea. Uh, so the, the the opening's a little fluid, but it's going to be soon. Soon. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, uh, I bet summer's going to be a good time. So there's mm-hmm. a lot of people walking around. Uh, before I let you go, I'm just I'm curious your thoughts just generally on uh, you know downtown the scene. How's it? Uh, how do you see it? What's your vision right now, Ike? Well, it's it's been uh, you know really it's really growing fast. I've I've seen it. I've been a part of it. Um, there's a lot of really good changes happening right now. There's I mean apartments and going up everywhere. Um, so it's just going to get busier and busier. Um, uh, I, I'm just really glad to be a part of it and see who wants to uh, collaborate on on events and, uh, and and everything else that we do. You know, we'll hang flyers for you. We'll if you hang flyers for us, and it's um, the way life should be, right? Yep, it's all about collaboration. That's awesome. Uh, his name is Isaac Anderson. People call him Mike, so don't insult him by calling him Isaac. But it's you know, it's a podcast, so I don't want to. I want to use your real name, Mike. It's all right. Uh, and he and his wife, Cricket, own the Bonus Round Bar, which is opening its mm. second location on 10th Street between Phillips and Maine. It's, uh, it's going to be really cool, and I really appreciate you stopping by, Ike, and good luck, man. Thank you. And we'll be right back. We're going to talk with City Councilor Greg Neitzert, who's scheduled to show up for this very first edition of the Patrick Lally Podcast, formerly known as the Patrick Lally Show, on various broadcast outlets. We'll be right back. Taking back the things that I think you know. Cause I don't have no more for him. No, I don't have no more for him. Taking back face down to the ground. Cause I don't have no more for him. No, I don't have no more for him. And welcome back to the Patrick Lally Podcast, formerly known as the Patrick Lally Show. And we are live, recording live from the Full Circle book co-op in beautiful downtown Sioux Falls, 123 West 10th Street. Of course, yes, it is a great place to meet. We are with our live audience here, and uh, normally we are going to do this podcast. I, I introduce this podcast by saying we're going to do it before public input, but we are now after public input and after the city council meeting because our guest, uh, Greg Neitzer, uh, got detained by the rather lengthy informational, was not able, and has now come after the city council meeting. And for that, we thank him. City Councilor Greg Knights are here with us, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you. 
We, the, the nature of the crowd, I have to say that if somebody's listening to this podcast, they went into a little little bumper music with a little Rich Show, who, who's my uh, very, uh, uh, has graciously agreed to allow me to use some of his music. And they're, they're jamming, they're thinking everything's good, and they come back and all of a sudden there's a party going on here at the Full Circle uh, Book Co-op. And uh, so things have changed a little bit because we were waiting for the council meeting to get over. It was the fastest council meeting in the history of man. Well, actually, nine minutes is a record. Nine minutes? Nine minutes. This one was about 30. And by the way, do you remember what my favorite Sirius satellite channel is? No. For, for music? I, oh, it was. You remember? A, yeah, it was like the Deaf Leopard channel. Hair, Hair Nation. Hair Nation. There you go. Hair yep. Nation. Yep. So. That was from our uh, time on remember? my uh, short lived and semi beloved uh, radio program. I said, always just have some entrance music of some hair bands, and I'm, oh, we're all good. That's true. So. I always used to play some like uh, uh, Poison for you. Mm-hmm. But I can't do that anymore because I don't have uh, Don't licensing. have the rights. Yeah. No, that's why my good friend Rich Show was kind enough. To allow me to use his music, which is now available for the plug here for Rich Show and Violet, Flag with Hank, uh, Catholic Family Radio, etc., uh, etc., et now available on Spotify. Awesome. Yeah, and uh, thank you, thank you. Uh, so we love Rich Show. Uh, of course, a member of the Different Folk Records uh, uh, stable. So, um, so you had this very short meeting tonight, but you had a very long informational because uh, you were discussing. Uh, something that's been in the news, which is the uh, final push here to fund the state theater. So, um, Danny Sanford offered up three and a half Milski. We're going to kind of match that with a Milski and a half, right? Uh, mm-hmm. Is this good use of our taxpayer money? Well, I think so, and I think because of the matching gift. Now, I will tell you, I have struggled with this because I had heard about it a little while back and knew it was coming, and it was really a struggle of, you know, it, it's another entertainment venue, yep. and people just recoil sometimes obviously at that and that the first reaction is more money to entertainment venues and the roads look like they do mm-hmm. and so i was very firm on the fact if we're going to look at this we need to look at using the entertainment tax because that's what it's for mm-hmm. at least then it's for entertainment you know if we it's going to be a tough sell it'll be impossible sell as i told them if we say we're going to take it out of the second penny and we're going to you know cut parks or roads to fund the state because theaters. Because the second so. penny originally, going way back, was supposed to be used just for roads. Yep. And it has now been used for all kinds of things, uh, including financing bonds to build what some people believe to be, you know, maybe bigger bigger stuff than we need. Sure, the so, event center. Mm-hmm. The event center, right. And yeah. and that would probably have not gone over well. Even though a million and a half, you guys, you guys that's chump change in the city, right? Well, that's a lot of money for uh, the taxpayers that pay it, but... Uh, no, it's a decent amount of money coming out of the entertainment tax. So it, it, it really is. Now, it, it, it's a struggle because the state theater has kind of languished for years, mm-hmm. and there was a lot of concern about, are they ever going to get this done? Should we be putting money into it? Right. I, I think they've changed their board over, and we can finally put it across the finish line. I still, again, as I said at the meeting, I still have some heebie-jeebies about the idea that I'm just concerned about the sunk cost fallacy which is that we're going to put a million and a half in, I'll be out of office in a couple of years, whatever, mm-hmm. and then it's going to go under or it's going to start struggling and we're going to say, well, we've put a million and a half in, we can't let it go under, and next right. thing you know we're running another losing venue. That is my big concern. Right, because we do have other venues. Now, they're just going to, this is only for film, right? It's only going to show movies. It's mm-hmm. not going to be 
theater, like uh, the Orpheum, where it's not going to be bands, it's not going to be all these other things that we have all these other venues for, it's just going to be movies. And that was my concern. Yes, that's, that's what they're saying. And that was my other concern. Is it went out I, of business I, I don't, once. So. I don't want to fund a venue that is cannibalizing business from another right. one of my venues. It's just literally across the street, like the Washington Pavilion, for right. example. So if you're going to run shows that are going to compete, well, then what, why are we doing this? Right. So I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic, but I... Again, I, I think it's, and I, I should be really clear, as I've spent time on the council, I, I will tell you that, you know, when I first came on the council, I, I was all about, you know, kind of like the purest of the second penny and, mm-hmm. and all of that stuff. As I've learned from... Oh, you've been from, soiled. Your purity is gone. As right? I've learned from citizens, <laughs> as I've learned from citizens, quality of life is very important to them. Right. There's certain things that, that they want and they're willing to pay for, and it's not just roads. You know, if, if Except all we that's did, all we do. We're going to talk about that. We are going to get to that, and that, and that is a deep concern of mine. There are some things that, are, that will suffer. But people have said they want parks, they want bike trails, they want some of that other stuff. I, I don't, people are not going to buy it if we're going to say that we're going to go back to just doing just roads and we're not going to do any quality of life. Well, you've been hanging with different people lately. Yeah, you, you, so. uh, you, joined yeah. bike, you joined Falls Area Bicycles. I did, yeah. Did yeah, they've kind of been getting, yep. So you start hanging Drinking out. Drinking the Kool-Aid. You start hanging out with the Falls Area Bicyclists. Mm-hmm. You start getting, uh, you get uh, uh, inundated with the folks who uh, believe in sustainability and this sort of thing. Well, you know. It's and a what, different perspective. A, a really big eye-opener. You've talked about this for a long time. A really big eye-opener was, um, and I think you were there, was when the strong towns, Charles Marone was mm-hmm. here. Absolutely. Yeah, and, and, and I was on that panel. Yep. And that was very, just a different way to think about things. And now I've look, looked at Walkable City Rules, which is an incredible book. I actually gave out nine copies yep. to different, different people in the city. Anybody that had something to do with how we develop our streets and our neighborhoods, yep. planning directors. Did they read it? Yeah, some have. And in fact, they're, they're actually very, very excited to sit down and start talking about it. Good. And that notion, but that changes your whole perspective on planning and development, right? So oh, let's, absolutely. let's look at the, the issue before us today is that the, the mayor came out and uh, said that he's going to use 80% of the capital improvement money, right? Mm-hmm. 83%. 83% yep. to work on roads. Mm-hmm. That's it. That's all our money for roads. Now, there are a whole, there's a large sector of this community that thinks that's all that, that's all that matters, is being able to drive from A to B and park as close to B as you possibly can so that you don't have to walk more than 50 feet, right? That's a, that's yeah. a way of life. Yeah, it's, and it's not just in Sioux Falls. No, it's, it's everywhere. It's prevalent. But 80 per, 83% of the capital budget on roads? That, to me, seems like an absurd percentage. And it, to me, it says, and, and I know what the mayor said was, well, we got to get this done, and then we, but it's always we got to get this done because we're always building new roads. And as it turns out, as people have always predicted, this pattern of growth, this system of design, this, this unsustainable expansion born of the post-World War II era does not work. It has not worked anywhere. And why do we believe it's going to work here in 2019? Well, there's multiple facets to this, and I, I have to be very careful because I, I no, think it's, it's just a podcast. Don't worry <laughs> yeah, nobody will hear it. Um, the... The big thing is, as I've thought about this, we need to talk about the why before we can start talking about the what. And what I mean by that is if I just go out and I just start telling my constituents, we're going to build narrower roads, we're going to put in lots of bike lanes, they're going to think I fell off my rocker. Right. But what we need to do is we need to start with the why. And that's why you can start going to things like walkable city rules and some of these that they talk about, which is about 
you know, being able, having a sustainable city budget, about having economic impact, that developing roads in a different way has economic impact. Safety for your children, so mm-hmm. that you can actually, your children could walk to school and not have to, you don't feel like you have to drive them four blocks mm-hmm. because they have to go across some humongous arterial. Mm-hmm. You know, pedestrian safety, all of those things. And that's something that we need to talk about. And the 83%, um, I, I am very conflicted because people want their roads fixed. They've been, they're, they're not that bad! They're very Come on, well. Man. Well, I mean, they 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 are they are much better than they were just a few months ago. But there Every are roads. That, the same. But to your point, to your point, this is where I I have taken some I'm cool baby. I'm I've cool. taken some major bullets on some rezonings yeah. when it came to the apartments. For yeah. example, like the one at Keene Park, which is in my district. I mean, I still get hate mail over that. Yeah. But yeah. we put in the largest buffer that has ever been imposed. That buffer is bigger than you would get if a Walmart was in your backyard. Yeah. Bigger. Yeah. And really what it comes down to is if we say as a city policy that we're only going to allow multifamily development on the fringe of the city, all yeah. we're going to do is annex. If we're not going to allow infill where it makes sense, we're going to run into that sustainability problem because what people may not realize is you build a neighborhood, the developer builds it, they build all the roads, they dedicate them to us. That means for, for perpetuity, we're stuck rebuilding them right. and doing, and, and doing and the potholes. And, yeah, and they're, and they're gone and they're out. And so now we have a city that's continuing to sprawl, and then when you have all this low-density development and just single-family, which I live in a single-family house, that's not, you know, but... But you so do run I. into the problem where we're spending $30, $40 million a year to replace roads. And I have in my district the Cherry Creek. Mm-hmm. Y- you would be aware of this. At mm-hmm. Legacy Park, they've been hoping to go north on the bike trail. Right. To take that north yep. right by Songbird and up going Skunk up. Skunk Creek. Yep. yep. And follow Skunk Creek all the way north. That's mm-hmm. been planned since the early 2000s. Oh, forever. It has been deferred and deferred and deferred. It was finally in the budget last year for yep. 2021. Yep. I get the new budget book. Gone. Gone. Absolutely. Gone. Every year. Yep. Every year. Yep. And the, the trail out to uh, Great Bear and to Brandon and yep. all these plans that... Because we have to repair the roads. So, they, so that, that's what I'm... Every year and because it's unsustainable because you yep. do not produce enough money from the development to pay for the infrastructure. And that runs into another thing. And everybody thinks it's the other way around and it's wrong. And that's and that's where and, and there, that's where downtown is a is a wonderful example of the density mm-hmm. of how much property tax that you're getting out in such a small area. Something else that I'll, that I notice and I keep noticing, and I, I would invite everybody as you're driving around town, look at parking lots. Look at how many people are in parking lots. Drive by the big box stores. There's nobody in these parking lots no. most of the time. No. Why are the and and we have these mandated minimums that you have to build we make people overbuild these parking lots we get almost zippo on property tax from parking lots and then of course it causes drainage problems Mm -hmm. which we have drainage problems in this city there's you know places that impose parking maximums absolutely but but the thing is is that we're all very ingrained on the you can never have a car on the street you must have all of your parking on site if one car bleeds off onto the street people start getting cranky and saying, I don't want any cars, you know. And I, I've come to actually realize that it's actually a traffic calmer. Yeah, absolutely. Just like narrower streets. The traffic calmer. And, and that's 100%. where... 100%. And, and the other thing is, one of the complaints I get the most, probably the thing that maybe one of the top complaints I get, people speeding through my neighborhood. Yes. That's what, they, that's what you get all the time. People speeding through that's my neighborhood. That's my top complaint, Greg. And you know, and, and, and you know the reason why. It's how we design our streets. Yes. You look at the streets, like over in my neighborhood, you have an 80-foot collector. Those things are designed to carry tens of thousands of cars. It's just, it's just the, the one that you go from the local to get on the collector, mm-hmm. to drive out, to get onto the arterial. 
it's carrying 5% of its capacity. Yes. Maybe, it, maybe that's all it's ever going to carry. You literally have 60, 70 feet yes. of right-of-way. There's no lines. No. There's no cars parked on either side, no. unless they have two-car garages. If every, anybody has a two-car garage, they have cars on the street because everybody owns four cars. But, <laughs> yeah. but, but, in, but in, in the burbs, you have like three-car garages, yeah. so everybody's got most of their junk in the well, driveway and stuff. I have a three-car garage, so. but one of them is full of 18 bikes. I saw the picture online. I thought it's <laughs> impressive. Yeah, I saw the post. But, um, but anyway, so you have these roads that are cavernously wide. Yes. And you have no lines. You have nothing. As you know, people will drive... They will take the cues. Yes. You go onto Phillips Avenue, you don't have to put up a speed limit sign. No. Because they have to drive slow, because it's narrow, and it's designed properly. Mm-hmm. You build a, I mean, out on an interstate, you've got like a 13-foot wide lane or something mm-hmm. like that. If you're putting a 30-foot wide lane on a road... People drive fast. Of course people are driving 40 miles an hour down your street. And then we try to band-aid it by putting up, you know, those solar speed signs yeah. that just sit and flash at you. Right. That doesn't work. No. And then you know exactly that you're only going seven miles over and you're not, and, there's no way you're going to get a ticket. And another revelation, you build those streets super wide, you then have to reconstruct them over and over. And it's it's, it's by square foot, yeah. So what if you dedicated that right of way so if the street ever got busy, you could always build it out, had a big boulevard, bike lanes, whatever it may mm-hmm. be, narrow it down. And actually in some neighborhoods, you know, they've put even those parking lines. Yep, just the lines. Just the lines alone. Make it a creates difference. a perception of people feeling like they have to slow down. But there are other things. So. Bump outs, which mm-hmm. people have been, like over on my part of town, Bonson, yeah. we have some folks who live over there very uh, vociferous about their support of some bump outs because Bonson, because of the construction over there in Southeastern, other reasons, has become a highway. I love bump outs. Yes. It, 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 not only is the traffic calmer, but it's less distance for the pedestrians to have to cross. Yep. Think about the kids having to cross the street. Right. You know, like in where I live, you got to cross TLS Road, so you have yeah, kind of a big thing there. And then you've got Dis- and you have Discovery, which is yep. or 26th Street, which yep. is you know a little busy. Bump outs help, but you know what you get when you talk to the traffic department yeah, is they say, plow. "Well, it slows down the plowing." Well, okay, you know. So you know what else slows down plowing, Greg? What's that? Snow gates. Snow gates. Yeah. <laughs> Can I tell? I'll, I I will I will reveal a secret, and I'll probably get in trouble. I have a love hate relationship with snow gates. Yeah, and and there's a reason for that because they work really well when they're used as designed when there's a certain amount of snow. Four inches of fluffy snow. But, but yeah, but we also use them in any snowfall where it's very high, and mm-hmm. then it bleeds over the gate. And, it and people ex- and it does, and people do expect. There's many times people expect they will have nothing in their driveway. So we get so many calls of people saying, you didn't use snow gates. So I go drive out there, and you can see it goes yeah. like this, and then it goes like this, and it goes like this. And they, they, use, and they used them, but they're maybe expecting that there's going to be nothing there. Right. And that's just not realistic. No, and the so. other thing is, they, because they go slower, mm-hmm. I don't know if anybody's noticed this or not, they don't get, especially when we had a lot of snow last year, um, they don't get as close to the curb. And so well, you have a lot of uh, uh, dams. Like, the drainage is all screwed up because, oh, look, hey, your good friend Bruce Danielson is about to walk in the building, so this should be good. Okay. He's just coming into the full circle book. Uh, we haven't book. seen Bruce in a while. I don't know what he's been he's up to. Earbuds. He's not wearing earbuds. Looks like so, he's wearing a very fashionable polo. To your point, I've, you know, having ridden on those plows and talked to him, really what yep. the issue is is that Snowgate sits at an angle. Yep. And so when it comes, and they and, and so it sticks out about eight inches. Yep. So they have to stay out from the curb about yep. eight inches so that when it comes down, they don't take out a mailbox or they don't take out the curb. So, so every Greg. so for Flawed every run technology. of the snow gates, you gotta move over yep. about eight inches. Yep. So it does narrow the roads a little bit. That part, but it's it's just ah, 
I get so angry. You, you know I get angry, well, Greg. I, 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 yeah, sustainable issues. So I want to go yeah. back to the, to, the, to the road thing and your conversion to sustainability. Yeah. Um, I joke because you've always been a, a thinker on these issues, right? I'm convinced by data. Yes, sure, you are. Yeah. Um, I'm curious, though. Um, you, you got into Strong Towns. You mm-hmm. read uh, the book on Walkable, walkable City. Walkable City. Mm-hmm. So what, how are we going to change this? Because you're going to be done. You'll be gone. And your enlightenment will pass with you. So how do we, make, how do we change the way we plan a city? Because I feel like, at some measure, it's too late for us. You know? We have, we have expanded so far. How do we stop this so that we, and change the way we think about how we plan a city that is more in tune with long-term sustainability when it comes to transportation well, and other things? Yeah, I, I mean, I, obviously, you have obviously always new people coming in, not just on the council, but into the city. And you have some, some thinkers that are thinking differently, city employees. Mm-hmm. And you have some who wonderful people who have retired who are very, very, this is how we've always done it. Yep and the old way of doing it, and yep. they didn't learn any of that stuff. They learned the old way, the Euclidean zoning, and, and you must build, you must Wait a build minute, to I a, love that term, I've heard it, but Euclidean zoning, which yeah. means square, right? Yeah, no. well, it yeah. basically yeah. means, yeah, like how you're segmenting the neighborhoods, you have very yes. hard buffers of, you have residential, Got and you have it. commercial, and you have no mixed use, and, yes. yeah, Euclidean. Anyway. Euclidean okay. zoning, yeah. So Not just people who live on Euclid. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, sorry. What were we talking about? You got me a zoning and uh, the old. Oh, oh no, you can. Yeah, pass, yeah. Passing of the torch. Yeah. Well, first thing, it's not too late because when you go to reconstruct a street, mm-hmm. you can do it differently. You can put in chicanes. You can put in bump outs. You just have to have the will to do it. And that's where the education starts with me getting those books, mm-hmm. so we can start the conversation. And we're going to sit down and start having the conversation. But we have to get past and start talking about the why. And to me, honestly. Um, no offense, I don't think you want, I don't think we use the word sustain, uh, of walkability. I think we come up with a different term. Yeah. Because I think it's just in, in this. Anti-carability? Well. No, what, what in, is it like? Well, this, this because is. Because people don't want to walk, right? No, this, well, for, this is what I mean. In, in, in this region, I think when you start talking about walkability and bike lanes, you have a, a large segment of people. And I, I'm a registered Republican. Mm-hmm. I'm, you know, I, I conservative lean. I've gotten much more moderate as the years have gone by. But it's okay for what it may. You're but, my friend. Yeah. So, I'm, so, but anyway, if you start talking about certain things and using buzzwords like walkability, there's a certain segment of people that automatically think that you're like a flaming liberal and you're trying yes. to get them out of their cars and make everybody ride the bus. You know. Yeah. And so I think it's a matter of just in, in, the, in the words you use even. Yes. That, that, because once you start talking about the concepts, a lot of them make sense. Absolutely. Once, you've, once you explain to somebody, they go, of course. Safer neighborhoods. Yeah. So, right? I mean, it's all in how you sell it. Do you, want your, do you want your kids to be safer? Do you want them to be able to walk to school? Do you want them to slow down when they yeah. drive through your neighborhood? 100%. You talk about it in those sort of frames. Instead of screaming at me and that sort of thing. Driving by me and... Yeah, can, there's one thing, by the way, that you're absolutely right. That was great. The, uh, can, is there something we can bring up here uh, that's related? Is, yeah. uh, this, should, this should be banned. And uh, Michael Haskett, from owner of MB Haskett downtown, wrote a letter to the editor of, uh, I can't believe I'm going to do this, The Daily, that, um, about these uh, trucks. Okay, uh, they're diesel pickups, and people have set their, I mean, this is, this, you know, I got nothing against a diesel pickup. I love a nice pickup. Mm-hmm. Give me a nice Ford F-150, I'm all in. But people who are, are, are using 
diesel to blow smoke at people. Yeah. Oh, that, yeah. Isn't that something we can outlaw? I mean, oh, sure. Right? You haven't you ever, I can't remember this kind of term. Well, so the, 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 the rednecks drive around in their pickups and they, I will call them rednecks. I'm, uh -oh. There, thank you. Thank you. We got Ike in the back on the show earlier. Uh, rolling coal. No, no, I, I'll, I'll edit that out. Your voice would have. Rolling coal. Rolling coal. And it's a thing where uh, very, uh, I, will, I don't know what the right phrase is for these people. Criminals will. Criminals. <laughs> Well, I'm being assaulted, right? I'm, I'm riding on my bike, if I'm walking down the street, or I'm sitting, <laughs> sitting downtown having dinner, and some diphthong comes along. You know, it's a podcast. I could swear, but I'm not going to. Yeah. Some diphthong, some nutsack comes by, and he hammers on his, he hammers on his, his, his you know, 350 with the dualies and blows diesel dust on you. Yeah. Should that not be a crime? Shut up, libertarian. Um, per, per, perhaps, but I, I would just say it's going to be a matter of enforceability. I mean, it's something that we'd have to witness, and the police would have to witness it, and they've got to have they got other stuff to do. Just it's got, it's like you know, obviously, a lot of the noise downtown, like when people come through with the choppers and stuff like that. Yeah, you know, you know which, and, is, which is which illegal. is already a violation. It is a violation, it's just but just not enforced. Well, I don't know about not enforced, but you've got... Uh, they have the little things. I've seen them. I did a story a long time ago. They got the little handheld... Yeah. No, I, I, I get it. I get it. Yeah. But we, we yeah. are obviously a very busy police force, and it's about priorities. Uh, yeah. but, I know. So I know. When they can catch quality it, it's nice. But, right? Quality of life. Yeah. Um, uh, we've hit a lot of good topics here. Yeah. Um, but I, I do want to thank you for... Uh, joining Falls Area Bicyclists, becoming an advocate. Also, uh, people, Greg shows up at stuff, all right? He goes to stuff. Came to the bike committee meeting. We are, at a, we are I'm on, back on the bike committee. Citizen advisory board, uh, we are nothing. In the, grand, in, the, in the food chain of city advisory boards, we're at the lowest. It's not even an actual board, is it? It's not even a real board. It's just an ad hoc deal. It's ad hoc deal. We should you, make it a real board. We should. Um, uh, but you came, and I thank you for that. And... Always a great uh, uh, discussion. And the next issue that we're going, we're, I'm 100% I'm hot on this, is uh, closing the bike trail at 10 o'clock. We can change that, right? We can change that. I have looked, and there are communities, like, for example, I've talked to people in Lincoln. Mm -hmm. I've, you know, I've gotten, I've yep. interacted with Lincoln, Nebraska. Mm -hmm. They have tons of bike trails. They are open 24-7. Yep. And I asked them about the patrolling issue, and they said, honestly, we don't patrol them. It's well, not an issue. It's, it's a non-issue. Right. So, because that's really the concern that's been brought up here is, well, we won't patrol it. Well, I, I don't know. I, I, I've gotten into biking, and I'm trying to lose some weight. And, no, man, you look good. And so, uh, I, you know, I'm, I'm starting at like 5.36 in the morning, and yeah. I mean, you don't see that many people on no. the bike trail. If I have a coronary, I'm kind of, you know, out this of luck. Is, this is it's what just, kills me. But like, it's a risk you take. You just right. know it. So, you know. I, the thing is, is that, like, there's some... I, I'm not going to go into the story now. I'm going to tell it next time. Maybe I'll tell it in the close. Uh, we'll see. I'm going to tell it. Okay, so, all right. East Bank, I told Greg this story, and I, I, I solicited a conversation from, I have a large Facebook friend community across the country on this very issue, and Greg was in that conversation. And, and it's very interesting, places that do and don't consider transportation, do or don't close it, because I was leaving the East Bank party one night, block party, 
and I was riding my bike uh, because, as I said in the meeting, as Mr. Bojangles said, I drinks a bit. And the, so I'm riding my bike home from the East Bank block party with my uh, life partner, soon to be wife, my, uh, a friend in the bike community, his wife, and their child in the pool behind. Now, I think the child was in there. They were, they had the, I just kind of, but anyway, we're going under, <laughs> Fort, we're going under Cliff Avenue coming off of, chair, off of uh, Drake Springs there. Yeah. And I get pulled over by a police officer on a motorcycle, Boo! full lights. Full lights, ladies and gentlemen, because <laughs> I'm a scoff. That's true. Scoff law bike rider out at 10:15. Now he said we're just doing this as a warning because it's you know, but there were three murders he run in this area last year. Nobody was murdered on the bike trail. First of all. <laughs> no one caught me yet. And and like 14th and Cliff must be the the worst part of town because that's where we were. Oh, and yeah. I was furious. I I did not. I, he asked me where I lived, and I I got very. Uh, I got very North End on the whole thing, and um, <laughs> I, but I took my, I removed myself. Anyway, I was upset. But this is a thing that needs to change, right? I had lights. I got everything. I am the least likely bad person out there, and it's a ridiculous law, and it needs to change. And I'm, I'm happy that you agree with me, Greg. Well, I'm not, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I, I'm not exactly sure what the, what the, well, I think there's a couple parts to it. The first part is the fact that. There's a debate about whether or not the bike trail is transportation or it's recreation. Yeah, that's and ridiculous. That, that's a bureaucratic discussion that uh, means nothing. And, and well, I you know I, I, I think it's to me it's transportation. Yeah, I'll give you. Well, I will give you an example. I I actually challenged myself and I went from my house yep. at T Ellis Road and yep. I and I rode on the streets and I hit the bike trail at Legacy yep. Park and I took that all the way to the zoo. Yep. And then I wasn't on city streets because honestly, riding on 12th Street. No, I, a death I, I wish. did it for many years, and it's you difficult. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Well, I'm not riding on 12th Street. Right. Okay. And so, understand. If you looked at me, if you looked at me riding my bike, you'd have no idea whether I was using it for transportation, right. Air quotes, right. Or for recreation. Right. To me, I I see the idea of okay, we don't need to have go karts on it and all that stuff. We'll just say you it has to be passive. Right. But whether if if somebody's using it to get to work on their bike, right. What do I care? Right. In exactly. fact, in fact, it's there. It's a it's a system. It's rather than them being on the street, if they can harness that like right. I did and use it smartly, who? Why not? Well, and then there's this so. entire discussion from bike committee, which is involves uh, the working poor, and mm-hmm. that is when you start looking at it from that perspective, yeah. you can't see it as anything but transportation and a good way to transport yourself. Yeah. So the assumption too that somebody who's on a bike is is either. A, a current or former criminal. It, well, and I know I, you don't I, do that. That's but a not. Lot of I, I, you know, they weren't. A lot of people. I, I, their, their concern, I think, was more. And you say there, it's the police. Well, police and city staff. Yeah. The, their concern was more of, well, what if something happens if somebody gets assaulted on the bike trail? Well, I. That could happen anyway. I, 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 I will say that in, in all the years I've been on the bike trail, I have seen more deer on the bike trail than I have patrols. Yeah. Well, I just have. Yeah, I mean, right. I just don't that's see right. them that often. And it's just something where, again, you as an adult, you go in and you kind of know the risks that you're taking. And you, mm-hmm. you, you, know, you carry a phone or you do whatever you have to do. And you know that there's just, it's one of those things. Like you said, when's the last time that you heard of a major assault on the bike trail? It just doesn't really no, happen too often. But there are common sense ways to do it. Lincoln, Nebraska, um, and then some other communities, they were very much opposed to it. 
And then they looked and they came up with a couple common sense regulations and the police relented. And it was just a something, something as simple as in, in one community, you have to be, keep moving. Mm-hmm. You can't stop and just loiter and drink mm-hmm. beer or whatever. You have to keep moving. You have to be on a something. Yes. You've got to be on a bike or you something else. A conveyance. Else. A conveyance, yep. Yes. And you have to have a, some sort of a light. And that's fair. And that's what you've got. And, and, and then you can, use it, you can use it 24-7. Yeah. And honestly, how many people are going to use it 24-7? Not that many. Not that many. It's and occasional. It's, it's East Bank bar- block party at 10 Sure. And if you even want to get down to saying you have to have X amount of lumens or something on the yeah. light, whatever. Yeah. I mean, Just, you know. A light in the darkness is huge. It doesn't matter how bright it is. Sure. And Greg Neitzer... Uh, with, uh, I was just about to call you a light in the darkness, but I'm not going to go that far. Uh, but you are a very cooperative and generous person with your time. I really appreciate it, Greg. And thank you very much for being here on the Patrick Lally Show. Yay. Thank you very much. I get off without having to deal with the, the elephant in the room, the parking ramp. Oh Maybe my that'll God. Be next time. I can see it right now. Next time. Oh, it was on my list. That this was more this was more exciting. So thanks a lot, Greg. Uh, we're gonna be right back. I'm gonna close this baby up. Our first uh, return of the Patrick Lally show via podcast here at the Full Circle Bookshop and Co-op. Uh, what I like to go I didn't say it during this segment, so I'm gonna say it. Uh, uh, it's the uh, your only uh, conservative communist le- uh, left leaning libertarian <laughs> Bookstore and cafe in Sioux Falls, South Welcome back to the Patrick Lally Show. We're all done here at the Full Circle Book Co-op at 123 West 10th Street, and we really appreciate the fact that uh, Jason and Sean have let us record our podcast here uh, before and after tonight's city council meeting. Uh, It's Tuesday. We're going to do these on a lot of Tuesdays, most Tuesdays, every Tuesday if I can be here, but I know there's a couple I can't, so hang with me. I want to thank my good friend Rich Show for letting me use a little bit of his music here on the uh, ins and outs here. You'll be hearing more of that. Violet, uh, Flag with Hank, all the the good stuff from my life. But uh, So special thanks to Rich, who's on uh, different folk records here in Sioux Falls, and uh, our good friends over there. Maybe work in some other different folk music. i got to talk to them about that. That'll be great. Uh, and uh, our, our friends at Full Circle. Which uh, So you can come on down. You can come on down anytime. We'll be here in the five-ish hour uh, working on the podcast and then hang out for public input at where we watch the city council meeting and make fun of it. Uh, you got city council bingo, always a perennial favorite. You're going to want to be here for that. And all, my, uh, all the regulars for public input, who I thank for being in the audience this evening. 
Things are getting a little crazy here. And uh, uh, again, uh, we're here at the Full Circle Book Cup. I've got to work on my tagline for this. This is this is our inaugural podcast again. But uh, the Full Circle Book Co-op, it's your uh, conservative, communist, left-leaning, libertarian bookstore and cafe in beautiful downtown Sioux Falls. Until next time, everybody, bye-bye.